So do I need to go over all of that again? <laughs> I take from that you don't want me to. <laughs> okay, so we have Micah speaking about what's going to happen to the children of Israel. And what happened, though, and it did come to happen, what happened, though, didn't take place for another about a hundred years. In Jeremiah chapter 26, it tells us, And certain of the elders of the land arose and spoke to all the assembled people, saying, and Jeremiah is prophesying about a hundred years after Micah was prophesying. Micah of Moresheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and said to all the people of Judah, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house of a wooded height. If you'll turn back to Micah chapter 3, verse 12, Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed as a field, Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house a wooded height. And so Jeremiah was reading Micah and was quoting what Micah had said. Now, it says, starts out the verse uh, 12 says, Therefore, because of you. Who is the you? Okay, someone said the prophets. Any other idea? The rulers? All right. And so, yes, I think that this is speaking about the prophets, the rulers, and it's because the rulers were not leading the people away from idols, leading them toward God, that the whole nation was crumbling. And so we see that the action that the prophets had took here during Micah's time had far-reaching results and ended up a hundred years later with Judah, the southern part of Israel, being taken over by, uh, by Babylon. And so um, we see the importance of leaders and rulers. Now, what's an application that we can take from this in our day and age? Okay, we have church leaders that are not holding to the Word of God, not holding to the Bible. Yes? I would say uh, pray for your leaders. Okay. We definitely should pray for our leaders and for the decisions that they make. And uh, sometimes it's hard. But God has commanded that we do pray for our leaders. Yes, Eric, you had a comment. Okay. Right, yes. Mm hmm. Okay. And so there is a remnant. Uh, Micah uh, talks about this that there's a remnant of faithful people, even though he's condemning a large group of people, 
He's not condemning all of the people for their actions because there's definitely leaders that are leading them the wrong way. And I, as I go through this, I think again of uh, garage logic and what uh, Joe Souchere says so often. The closer you get to the tall buildings, the more wickedness there is. And so the leaders here were the wicked ones leading the people away. And I think that we see some of the same thing, not only in government, but also in the church. Um, The Methodist church has just had a huge split uh, because of the uh, fact that some of the, while the hierarchy is uh, condoning same-sex marriages and this type of thing, and we've got, I think it's over a thousand Methodist churches that have broken away from the Methodist convention or whatever they call it and formed their own group because they don't want to go down that direction. Okay, then continuing on to chapter 4. Okay, chapter 4. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people shall flow to it. Now, this is in contrast to verse 12 of the previous chapter. Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed as a field, Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house on a wooded height. And now, Jerusalem was a fairly substantial city back in the days that Micah was prophesying, and he is saying that this whole city is going to be leveled, and it's going to be turned into fields, going to be plowed, going to be a heap of ruins, and this has happened to Jerusalem several different times. But anyway, this is what we see in verse 12, but then it says, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills. So what time is the latter days? So he's looking off into the future. How far into the future is he? Till the millennium. Okay. Yes, Mike. Okay, so we could say that we are in the latter days right now because of the changes that have taken place. Any other comments about this? I think that when we're speaking about the latter days, and uh, I have several commentaries that I researched, and I'm not good enough in the research area to totally make up my mind, 
And I think that there's many people that are in that situation. That's why there are so many different opinions about this. But I think the two things is one, the latter days is either talking about the millennium, which is a time when we're, Jesus will be ruling on the earth a thousand years, or it could be the new heavens and the new earth going all the way to when the saints are going to come back to the earth and we have the new Jerusalem. So there are those two opinions, and uh, I will stand firmly on, I'm not sure which one of these two it is. Uh, I think that it's probably going to be, I think it's probably talking about the millennium, but I could be uh, convinced otherwise, and I'll say why I think it's probably the millennium because of some of the verses that we have later on. But it says that they shall be lifted up and the peoples shall flow to it. So the people are going to be coming to Jerusalem for spiritual nourishment, for spiritual edification, and that Jerusalem is going to be the center for worship. And uh, certainly uh, that's going to be taking place during the millennium, but during the, um, after the resurrection of the saints and uh, we come back to earth to re reign and rule on the earth, I think there's just a little different situation that we'll see in a bit. It says, Many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now there seems to be, during this time, there was an intense longing, during the time that Micah is talking about here in the future. There's an intense longing for the scriptures. Uh, certainly not what we see today. There's not an intense longing for what the scripture says or what the scripture teaches today but during this time that Micah is prophesying, there will be. And so I think that we have to put this off at least further into the future than the time that we are living in. And it says, for out of Zion the, um, shall go forth the law. Specifically, who or what is Zion? Yes. Okay, Mount Moriah, the Temple Mount, where the temple will be located, and who will be giving forth the word from here? I think this is Yahweh himself that's giving forth the word from this place. Um, and <clears throat> when I read this scripture, again, I've had the privilege of being in this area of Jerusalem. Some of the rest of you have also been there. And I just, I keep thinking about that. It's not that big of a mountain right now because it's been shaved down. But that from this place, uh, all of the rulers are going, or the, all the rule is going to occur from this 
particular place all the way out, and the people are going to be looking for it. Then it says, He shall judge between many peoples, and shall decide for strong nations far away. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So again, the latter days are not the time that we're living in, because we certainly do not see uh, the weapons of war being beat into, uh, into things of uh, peace. Now, the term judge here, um, when you think, what, what do you think of when you think of the word judge? When you hear the word judge, what do you think of? Pardon? Justice. Justice, okay. We think of justice. Any other things that you think about? Jesus. Pardon? Jesus. Jesus, all right. Yes. Anything else? Pardon? Okay. So we see the one with the last word. Or courtroom. All right. An individual in a long black robe. Uh, so on. And then... Making a decision between what's right and what's wrong. That's probably the closest to what this word means right here. Judge means to put things right. And so it's not only deciding, okay, this is right, that's wrong, but it's making what's wrong right. And uh, we see that this is then the actions that we have is the actions of beating the um, weapons of war into uh, things, uh, peaceful things. Somebody, in one of my commentaries, it says that he's going to turn tanks into tractors, bombs into bailers, missiles into milking parlors. <laughs> and so we have the idea that we're going to be taking those and going into a rural type of of environment. Now, again, this is not uh, in heaven. This is here on the earth. Uh, whether, again, it's a millennium or uh, after the uh, saints come back. Yes, Eric. Right. He has no okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Right, yes. And yet, you would be 
And I think that we see this illustrated even in the Garden of Eden. Now, Satan was there, but Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden had the perfect environment. Uh, They were taking care of the garden. They had to do some work. If you think a perfect environment is one in which you don't do any work, uh, Randy and I were just discussing that this morning a little bit about the idea of retirement. You know, when you retire, does this mean that you don't do anything, that you aren't productive? Does this lead to your death sooner than if you would keep on working? Well, anyway, we see this here that, um, that uh, he is talking about the idea that, let's see, where was I going now? I got off, I, I fell off of my bridge here. Uh, but the, the idea of, of doing something productive and uh, that Jesus is going to be making some of these decisions. Now, Adam and Eve sinned because they were human, they were selfish. And as Eric pointed out, during the millennium, Satan is going to be bound, and so Satan will not be a direct influence, but there are still going to be individuals that are going to sin at the end of this time period. And so this leads a little bit more to the conundrum of just exactly where do we place this particular portion of Scripture and what part of our, uh, of our uh, being does this uh, refer to? So anyway, I, I still think that this, what he's speaking about here is our earth. Verse 4, But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. Okay, when you think of a picture of retirement, what's a picture that comes to your mind? Pardon? All right. Okay, anything else that comes to your mind? All right. Any other things? All right. Brian said sleeping in. One of the greatest things about retirement is no alarm clock. <laughs> Every so often I still uh, a substitute at Schaefer Academy or I drive some field trips. And uh, when I do that, I have to be at the school by 8, quarter to 8, something, which means I have to set an alarm clock. And on those mornings I think, ah, oh, why did I do this? You know? <laughs> But anyway, uh, here we have a picture of retirement or a picture of ease that is sitting under a vine and under a fig tree. Now, most of you probably did not think of that as being the picture of retirement, that this is you're going to sit under your fig tree. <clears throat> it helps if you're in a Mediterranean climate rather than the North Pole that we are here in Minnesota. But the... 
Egyptians and the Assyrians' writings and pictures used this as a, uh, as a symbol of not being productive or a symbol of just, you know, having everything the uh, easy. It says that the, uh, the uh, no one shall make them, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. So we see that God has given this. Um, the, again, this idea of peacefulness is going to be on the earth. Now, obviously, the Israelis are not going through this peaceful time at this present time, and so it can't be referring to uh, the present time. Then it says, For all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. There's something here that gives me the idea that this is more the time of the millennium rather than when uh, the new heavens and the new earth are being established. And what would that be? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So we have during the time of the millennium that we have people that are not following Jesus. You're not following Yahweh, but they're just kind of going their own way. There's no open rebellion at this time. But when Satan comes back, is released, then we would have this. Flora, you had a comment. Okay. Okay. What Flora is saying is that in verse 5, uh, it says that we will, uh, all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, small g, and then the next phrase is large g. Yes, right. Okay. Okay. All right. So you have people that are rebelling against bringing things to Jerusalem to worship at Jerusalem. Yes, Ben. Mm-hmm. 
okay? People are still, they're born with a sin nature, and so they still have this, and so this is going to evidence itself. Doug. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So people are going their own way, but peacefully. So on. Tina. Okay. And when we don't have the stresses of the fear of judgment or the fear of this or that, we 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 have to rely on our own self control, not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so what Tina is saying is that during this time, there's going to be peace and there's going to be prosperity. If the United States or all of the countries that have an army would be able to shift all of the money that goes into warfare into more meaningful things, uh, how, how much prosperity could there be? Uh, the... You know, the, the Democrats of Minnesota would be able to spend more than $17 million, billion on various things. There would be a lot of extra money, okay? So we have this prosperity possible during this time. But again, since people are walking in the name of their God rather than of Yahweh, uh, that is going to come to an end. Any other comments or questions? Yes. Right. Okay. All right. And uh, it's it's an interesting subject to think about um, as to what is going to be what what our role is going to be during the time of the millennium and what our role is going to be uh, after Christ returns, after New Jerusalem, the New Earth and the New Jerusalem. 
uh, R.G. Letourneau, who was an industrialist who built a school, Letourneau University, and uh, he was very famous for his earth-moving equipment. He just said, I can't think of anything better in heaven than for me to be able to build roads all over the place. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we, we have our own ideas of what we enjoy doing. See, Dan probably, is, you know, his heaven would be a pond that's well stocked with trout and no limits for <laughs> And so uh, we, we see all of these things uh, that, you know, we, we think about what, what's heaven going to be like, what's our time on the new earth going to be like. And uh, anyway, it says, We will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. And the we are the Christians. Those are the individuals. Those are us uh, that have accepted Christ as Savior. And the idea that we will walk in the name of the Lord our God is something that's very, uh, uh, very peaceful. It's, it's something that you can really look forward to. Then, in that day, declares the Lord, and in that day is referring back now to chapter 3, verse 12. Uh, I will assemble the lame and gather those who have been driven away and those whom I have afflicted. And the lame I will make the remnant and those who were cast off a strong nation. And the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. So he's speaking about here in that day declares the Lord, I'll assemble the lame. I'll drive those away who've been afflicted. I'll make the remnant uh, cast off. And it seems to be that he is switching from the idea of Zion and the rulers to the common folk, to the individuals. One of the commentaries I read on and talked about this, that he was speaking in the rural rural aspect of a shepherd, and that the shepherd, when you think of a shepherd guiding his sheep, uh, there's a total difference between a shepherd guiding his sheep and a cowboy trying to stop a stampede. Okay, now, he didn't use the analogy of a cowboy trying to stop a stampede. He used the analogy of a shepherd with his sheep calmness, uh, orderliness, and uh, that there would be, we'll walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. We had the privilege of attending a funeral of a friend of ours this last week. Pastor and Karen were there also. Janice Hofer, some of you know Marlon Hofer, financial advisor here in Rochester. And his wife had a tremendous testimony and the funeral was a very powerful funeral because she knew that she only had a few more days to live and she was able to express herself clearly. And so she actually recorded or videoed a talk and some of the things that she was looking forward to, 
knowing that at the moment that her soul left her body, her disease of leukemia would now be, would be, now be cured. And uh, just the, the joyfulness that she had in looking forward to this was a very powerful testimony. The end of verse 7, and again, I'm not enough of a grammarian to know just exactly how this works, but the end of verse 7 switches from a, uh, or changes from a first person to a third person. In the first, in verses 6 and 7, I, the first person, will assemble. But then in the last part of verse 7, it says, and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. So it switches from a time of individuals ruling to a time of Yahweh ruling. And with Yahweh ruling, we know that things are going to be done uh, perfectly. Okay, then verse 8. And you, O tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come, the former dominion shall come, kingship for the daughter of Jerusalem. So... When we're talking about O Tower of the Flock, Hill of the Daughter of Zion, we're not sure whether he's talking about a specific spot, and this specific spot would then be uh, Mount Moriah, would be where the temple is going to be placed again. It's the place right now where the uh, Golden Dome, the uh, Muslim Golden Dome is located. That is going to be destroyed, and Um, God's going to place his temple back there. Or whether this is just a synonym for Jerusalem and for the the rulership that's going to come from that. Uh, I don't think it makes much difference about this, just knowing that Yahweh is going to be ruling from this place. Any comments or questions so far? Okay, I'm going to stop right there because the next section from chapter or from verse 8 to the end of the chapter needs to be uh, one section and so on. And then I think it's interesting in God's providence, chapter 5 starts out in chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, that we would be studying about Bethlehem and Jesus being born in Bethlehem uh, at this Christmas time. And now, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Uh, The shepherds would not have been out in the fields at night on December 25th. But anyway, we have established this date, and I think it's kind of interesting that we end up our study uh, at that time. Okay, if there's no other comments or questions, yes, Eric. If we have a little time, I'll just mention really quick that Doug Bookman has an amazingly well-written chapter in the Bible Okay. And he says in that chapter that the purpose of this strange 
Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. And again, this is illustrated by Adam and Eve in the garden. They had a perfect environment. They could speak to God any time, and still they sinned. But the idea is, is that Satan tempted Eve, right? Right. So, so what God is demonstrating in the millennium is even if Satan had Okay. All right. Okay, so he is saying that. Adam and Eve had an excuse, but we won't have an excuse during the time of the millennium. All right. Anything else on this? Okay, thank you for your contributions, and we'll see some of you next Sunday, Lord willing.